Welcome to the Higher Ed Jobs Podcast, Ask the Expert Edition. I'm Andy Hibble, the Chief Operating Officer and one of the co-founders of Higher Ed Jobs. And I'm Kelly Sherwin, the Director of Editorial Strategy. Today we're here with our friend Matt Trainum, the Vice President, Networks and Strategic Partnerships at the Council of Independent Colleges. Thanks, Matt, for joining us again today. Kelly, Andy, it is always a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Nice to see you, Matt. So as we mentioned, we are continuing with our Ask the Expert series, and we have a couple questions from our listeners. With 16 years of international affairs leadership experience at a regional university, I left higher education five years ago to work in an adjacent higher ed serving company. I want to return to international education and would like advice how to best state that I'm poised to apply private sector skills with my past experience. And a related question, is there resistance to hiring out of the private sphere? Matt, what do you think about this? Uh, Andy Kelly, love to hear where this conversation will take us. So I'll throw out a couple thoughts and see what you're thinking. First, I'd like to say this feels more and more common. Higher ed is expanding, has a industry, has a sector. I believe these tertiary areas are really part of higher education. And more and more folks are going back and forth between officially being on a campus and working for perhaps a not-for-profit, perhaps a for-profit company, and coming back and forth. When I think of this question, the first thing I think about, I'll, I'll ask you this, don't overthink it. Why do people hire someone? Andy, Kelly, why would they pick someone over someone else? I'd say it's a better fit with an organization. Yeah. What do you think, Andy? In today's day and age, I think it's kind of expanding on what Kelly goes with the fit. I think it has a lot to do whether or not this person can contribute positively to our team with the least amount of obstacles to that contribution. That's why I wanted to ask you all that, because if you think of those two answers, if you think of fit and contribution without a negative deficit piece, then that has nothing to do with where you're coming from. So my first answer to this question, my first thought of this question is it's really about the story that you're telling. So what is the story that you're telling as you're coming from wherever you're coming from to wherever you're going? And the story that you're telling as a candidate has to center the reality of the place you're going, not the reality of the place you've been, right? And so if I am on a campus and I'm interviewing someone coming from a, a private industry trying to return to campus, I want to make sure that they really know my world, my reality, my struggles, and that they can contribute in that way. So first I go to this piece of story. And I think it's about designing the story. And I really think designing is the right word. Candidates have to sit and think through, how do I share this experience and talk about it? Overall, by the way, on the question, I think to presidents and boards, depending on the level of where this person is coming in, I think for presidents and boards, I don't think it matters at all. I actually think it's even better for presidents and boards. I think they love the idea that someone has exited academia and is able to return with thoughts, impressions, and ideas. I think for faculty and for general members of the college or the university, what they want is to know that you believe and are committed to what they believe and are committed to. And so your story has to highlight that you believe and are committed to what they believe and are committed to. And the background becomes just background. Let me stop there for a minute. I'd love to hear what, what you all think of that. Does that resonate with how you see things play out, Andy, Kelly? I feel like you're saying like, take away the label. It doesn't matter where you came from, if it was the pharmaceutical, if it was this right. sector. And if your personal mission connects with their mission, that could be the better thing and the bigger thing to look at. I think particularly with somebody who has experience in an adjacent serving organization, 
that specifically is, and I'm going to presume just a little bit regarding international education, I actually think it's imperative that person has a little bit different of a perspective. Here, if you're not in the U.S., you're an international student. But international students aren't of all one flavor. What you see in Europe is not going to be what you see in India. What you see in India is not going to be what you see in Japan. So somebody who has experience, particularly in an international community, and let's not just say international students and keep them all together, and can bring that back to academia because they've seen it outside of academia, I think could be invaluable experience. If what we're looking for is a diverse workforce, having people who understand the diversity of the community that you're working with in a very, very detailed way that's different than academia may have normally experienced it, I could see to be a very valuable asset to a team who works within that community. So to this question from the person who submitted it here, I think the resistance diminishes the further up in the hiring chain that you go. And I think the question about how to apply private sector skills so that they are compatible with the current position is really to be ready to apply your private sector skills. And so what are the goals? What are the projects? What are the relationships that have been active in your past world that will be active in their world? And again, positioning it in their reality. You'll get stuck if you start talking about goals that don't sound like their goals, projects that don't sound like their projects, relationships that don't sound like their relationships. So you have to extrapolate to whatever level is necessary so that people who are at the institution hear goals that sound like the kind of goals that they're working on, the kind of projects they're working on, the kind of relationships they have. And here's the good news. That's super easy to do. <laughs> it's super easy to do around goals and around projects and around relationships. And so the person needs to be ready with an answer to that question. And honestly, their whole presentation really should be packaged around how all of that is transferable. If they package it that way, I think they will find that it is received as transferable. And one other point I'd want to make here is I often find that people in interviews, when they are self-conscious of something, end up bringing it up in such a way that highlights that self-consciousness. And so the last thing I would want this person to do is to say, well, I know there might be some hesitation with hiring me because I've been out of an institution for five years. So a lot of people position the arguments against them. They bring them up. It is one of the most common things I see in interviews. Matter of fact, I had it happen in an interview last week with a candidate who completely brought up something I had not even noticed and said, you're probably wondering about this. And I had not wondered at all, but now I do. <laughs> and I was like, so, so instead... Here's a wonderful thought activity. Imagine if this question is the opposite. Imagine this is the absolute best asset you have for this role. Pretty much every time someone comes to me and says, they're never going to hire me because of blank. The tactic I start taking with them is to say, imagine that's exactly why they would hire you. Now make that pitch. And so that would be the advice I would go from here. So the, the other pieces I would say, two other items on this. One is on the resume. The language on the resume also needs to do that translation. I often find that when people are applying from what they feel like is tertiary, the language on the resume hides their contribution potential because they're not translating enough. And so the language on the resume needs to translate so that their contribution potential isn't hidden. And that same translation needs to happen in the interview. Andy, I believe entirely what you said. This person can be the best of both worlds. They can be someone who deeply knows how an institution runs. 
And they can be someone who presents themselves as freed from those constraints for several years. So they can come back in with a different vantage point. And maybe to switch chairs in that process and speak to the search committee chairs and the hiring managers who are trying to put together a team. I do think, it, and we have a wonderful piece on the site by Justin Zackel about groupthink, but there is a lot of academic groupthink of we should be looking for a candidate who has all that experience, but has been doing it for another institution. And that's exactly who we need. And I'm not going to argue against that candidate. If you have a candidate who's able to bring those same sort of criteria and is currently doing it for a different institution, great. That That is a qualified candidate. Can't argue that. But in today's hiring world, those candidates are not going to be as plenty as they were five years ago. So as you're looking to this, this is an opportunity to lead, but you have to avoid that groupthink. You have to do an honest evaluation of this candidate and show in an affirmative way that you're ready to lead and can bring this person back into the fold just as seamlessly as you would anybody else. So for you all who are sitting in the hiring manager's seat or the search committee chair's seat, please, please, please consider this an opportunity to lead when you see one of these candidates and please try to avoid the group think here. Andy, it's interesting that you, you mentioned group think. I was actually thinking the same thing. And I have a story from the team member side where a position was open and someone was brought in from outside higher ed. And I will admit all of us were like, well, that person doesn't know higher ed. How are they qualified for this position? And there's a little bit of resistance. And we were all kind of thinking like, this is not the person that we want. But then we reflected on this person is the person we want. They have those leadership skills. They have the outside perspective. Yes, they're not in higher ed, but they have experience in different areas that they can bring into academia. So being open-minded on all different areas from the leadership side to the hiring to the employee side. So I think that group mentality is, is a good good perspective to avoid. You have to remember, there's not many 100% absolute truths we can offer in our podcast, but this is one. Every person who works in academia at some point was hired into a position with no experience in academia. We have to remember that. And there's a heck of a lot of people who leave academia who come back. So in this case, hey, if you once worked it, you get it, you understand it. And maybe in some ways you might be a better candidate as somebody who did not have experience outside of academia in whatever the endeavor might be. Right. It goes so much back to mission and vision alignment. And so candidates need to be able to say what's important to that institution is important to me. It doesn't matter where they're coming from. I feel, Matt, like we need to give you the last word here as we wrap this up. One last quick thought to kind of bring this all together for us. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> no He's no like, pressure. no, that's it. You no, guys can no, end. That, that's, uh, I already had it all. Right? That's yeah. It. Um, word. That's it. No, it, uh, it, uh, it doesn't Yeah. Mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I failed at though. Give me one last oh. thought. It's like I think those were all of my. How, how about a song for the playlist right now? <laughs> no, he's no, he's coming back right next now. time. But but young gravy, more young gravy. <laughs> Matt, I enjoyed your perspective on that, and I, I think candidates have to, like you said, make sure they connect their mission to the institution's mission, and not assume either in the resume or in the interview that the hiring committee knows that. So make sure you show your transferable skills and are prepared to do that. So thank you so much for addressing this listener's question today. Thanks so much for asking. I think it all goes back to the story you're telling and making sure that story connects with what they're looking for. 
Thank you again, Matt. And once again, if you have a question for one of our experts like Matt, please feel free to email us at podcast at higheredjobs.com or tweet us at higheredjobs and let us know what you're thinking. We're interested in hearing. Thanks again. Thanks, Matt. Of course. Thanks, Matt.